In today's show, it's time to look at updated rankings on Yahoo and ESPN and see who might be busts for this upcoming fantasy season. Michael Bolton, he's not a bust. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including here on YouTube. Guys, tomorrow, reminder... To celebrate the 2,500th episode of this show, there is a live Ask Us Anything stream, 4 p.m. Eastern, Wednesday, on YouTube, where I'll be joined by a number of fantasy guests and basketball analysts to answer your questions live. So be ready for that. Check us out over on YouTube. Now today, as a companion piece to the Sleeper article or Sleeper show from yesterday, we're looking at busts. Some news that has broken. Dylan Brooks, speaking of breaking, broken hand. He'll be reevaluated two to three weeks. That really boosts that value of Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton, the wave pool. They both must be drafted in leagues. Al Horford has COVID. That gives a bit of a boost for Ennis Cantor in deeper leagues. It boosts uh, Josh Richardson, Dennis Schroeder, and Rob Williams to begin the season as well. Not saying that Horford's definitely missing time, but he has COVID, so there is going to be perhaps some time that he is going to be out. They're probably the two biggest news. Oh, and of course, Kyrie Irving. He's just not going to play. Not home games, not away games, until he gets uh, vaccinated. The Nets have decided we don't want a part-time player. So see you later, Kyrie. And of course, he is going to be featured pretty heavily in today's show. So let's go. Look at busts, and let's start with the old Yahoo. Russell Westbrook's listed as the 24th ranked player. Um, no, thank you. Westbrook has struggled so far in preseason. I know it's preseason. But again, this is what I will say all the time. When you have a notion of something, when you think, ooh, there might be some struggles here, and that's your idea, and then the same thing happens that you thought, it's really hard to just completely dismiss all of that. Westbrook at 24 is just too high. There's no reason to take him that area. Yes, you can punt free throws and maybe bring his value to that spot. But I just don't see the point of it. I think there are just so many better other options around that area. Look, Westbrook, look, he was 25th last year. The situation is almost undeniably worse for him this season. And I just don't see why you would bother taking him at 24. Again, when there are a lot of other options around that area. This, these are for category leagues, these busts and sleeper videos that we're doing at the moment. There's no need to do that. Kyrie Irving, on a per-game basis, if he plays, is a first-round player. He's ranked 33rd on Yahoo. We are doing an expert 30-deep league at the moment. He just got picked at 120 in that league. You do not pick Kyrie Irving at 33. Maybe he gets vaccinated, but if there is one player in the NBA where you'd say the money, losing the money is not going to bother him, it's probably Kyrie. And he just may not choose to get vaccinated. Regardless, you, look, he might come out tomorrow and say, I'm getting vaccinated. All right, he might. He probably won't, but he might. You just cannot take that risk at 30. If you want to take the risk outside the top 60, top 70, sure, 
You, you, that's, that's on you. And if you miss that pick, it doesn't kill you. You can't do it in round three. Even if he is a first round player on a per game basis. It's too early. Round five, round six, round seven. Take the risk. It might blow up in your face, but you can recover from that. You do not do it at 33. I think Jared Allen at 61 is a bit of a bust as well, personally. Um, this is not as egregious as taking Westbrook and Kyrie, but last season he was 75th. I would say the Cavs front court was deeper, probably. They lost Nance, but they gained Markinen and Mobley. Mobley has looked great. Mobley plays center as well as power forward. I just don't... And there is a run on centers. We know that. Allen has some issues with his free throw percentage. He's never going to score highly. He doesn't get assists or steals. He can be a pretty good shot blocker, but he's a bit of a category when you're one or two category specialists, field goals and rebounds with some blocks, but not elite blocks. And I just think at 61, it's just too high. Give me him at 80. Give me him at 75. That's fine. 90, right? That area, no problem. I just don't see... I don't see the path necessarily opening up him up to being significantly better than last season with Evan Mobley and Larry Markin. I don't think Markin's all that good, but I do think Mobley is. And I think that you know, they're not going to run 35 minutes of Jared Allen when they can be playing uh, Evan Mobley in that spot. A couple more centers to look at on Yahoo. I know that centers do become a thin position, but I'm not taking Brook Lopez at 91. Maybe positional scarcity is coming into that decision to rank him there, but he was the 104th ranked player last season. Lopez is 33 and a half now. He'll turn 34 before the end of the season. I don't expect him to be significantly better than he was. Will the Bucks, after a long you know, postseason run, will they limit his minutes even more? They don't. I guess the positive is they don't have front court depth. There's no real backup center on this team apart from Bobby Portis who's going to have to play a lot of minutes at power forward because the backup power forward is Shemi Ojale. So I wouldn't say that there's you know, gigantic depth behind Brook, but I still don't think that he's you know, giving you the value of a eighth round player. I wouldn't be, definitely wouldn't be taking him in round eight. And then the same goes for uh, Mitch Robinson. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. I think part of these rankings is when Yahoo looks at things, they overvalue the turnover category. And uh, as, as you're well aware, like high, very low turnover players get gigantic bumps in overall flat ranking numbers, which completely obscures the fact that they're not as valuable as those numbers would tell you. I don't know when Mitch Robinson's going to play. I would have hoped after breaking his foot in March, he was ready to go. But TJ Warren broke his foot in January and he's still not ready to go. Sometimes you're back early, sometimes you're not. That's why the Zion Williamson thing getting ready for opening night seems a little bit far-fetched. But Mitchie Robinson, um, it could end up being a minute split between him and Nerland's Noel. We don't know when he's going to return. I know that I'm not burning pick 88 on him. I'm not spending an eighth rounder on Mitch, who could be a top 50 player, probably very unlikely, but could be. I'm, I'm not definitely not doing that. You know, if I can pass on Mitch and Brooke Lopez and even Jared Allen at you know, 88, 90, 91, and 61 respectively, but I can get Mo Bumba, Wendell Carter, Evan Mobley outside the top 100. Like I take those guys every day of the week because I could easily mount it or Nerlens Noel. I could easily mount arguments that Noel, Mobley, Carter, Bumba could finish ahead of Allen, Lopez, and Robinson. That's not a stretch to think that. It's just it isn't. Like you, you can tell me this definitely will happen. You're lying because you don't know. I can't tell you what will definitely happen either. But you can easily mount that argument. Like I can't mount an argument to tell you that Jock Landale will finish ahead of Jakob Pertl. 
But I can mount an argument to say that Mobley will be ahead of Allen or Noel will be ahead of Robinson or Bumber will be ahead of Lopez. I can easily mount that argument. And if you can get him 20 spots later, that's exactly what I do in that situation. Guys, I'm thinking about all these centers getting overdrafted. I'm thinking about what to do with Kyrie and I'm getting sweaty. But it's not impacting me because i got sweat block on. Sweat block is the doctor-created and doctor-recommended formula to help you with excessive sweating, also known as hyperhidrosis. This is a product that's been around for 10 years and it works amazing. You get the wipes, you wipe them in your pits at night, you go to bed, that's great. You have a sleep, wake up, have a wash, go off to work, go off to school, go off to a picnic, after whatever you got to do. Sit in front of a computer and watch fantasy videos on YouTube. Do whatever you need to do. Sweatplot covers you for up to seven days. You may have seen this on the Rachel Ray show. They're testing it with firefighters, but it works with everybody. These are great, great products and they've been available at Amazon, CVS for years and now you can get them 20% off by heading over to sweatblock.com and using our promo code, which is locked on. So 20% off at sweatblock.com to get yourself some sweatblock and stop that embarrassing problem of excessive sweat. All right. As my, I bring my screen up and it's the, uh, the wrong one, but it's a fine. There we go. We're back in business. Let's look at ESPN now. Now, as yesterday, there are a lot more sleepers on ESPN. There are a lot more busts on ESPN as well. We've already discussed Kyrie Irving at 31. I don't need to... Oh, I've discussed him at 33 on Yahoo. I don't need to discuss him at 31 on uh, ESPN. It's too high. You don't take that risk. They've got Zion ranked at 13. Now, I was pretty excited to see Zion as a first-round player in points leagues and a second-round guy in category leagues, but I'm not doing it. I... The, the dude is entering the season with a broken foot. He's not running. He's not participating in team activities. They're having another scan. There is zero chance, zero chance, I think, of him being ready for opening night. Let's rephrase that. There is 0.01% chance, in my opinion, of him being ready on opening night. I, I just don't see how it's possible. If you're not running and we're a week away, you're not going to be out there. Maybe it's a week. Maybe it's six weeks. Maybe it's two months. I actually don't know. But the fact that, nah, he'll be fine. He'll be out there. Well, first of all, it's an injury we don't hear about. Looking at you, Memphis and Dylan Brooks, you shifty bastards. Don't tell me that he's out with thigh soreness and then say, oh, actually, three weeks with a broken hand. My guys, you are the absolute worst at injury reporting. How tricky are you? Oh, we're giving ourselves a competitive advantage to finish eighth. Cool. Stop being assholes. Anyway... Zion Williamson. Um, yeah, we don't know about this injury. He comes in. By the way, guys, Zion broke his foot. Excuse me? And now, oh, no, nah, he'll be fine. Don't, don't worry about it. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. And now it's like Willie Green's coming out and going, well, he's not running. He's not doing any drills. Um, and now we're going for more scans. That is terrifying if you're drafting Zion Williamson. So this is all, all long story short. Don't draft him at 13 unless your aim is to lose. That's crazy. You just You can't do it. We all think that DeJounte Murray is going to have some improvement this season. Yes, that's a, that's a, uh, a standard thought process, yes? Picking him at 27 feels crazy. Now, it is very possible, very possible, that DeJounte Murray takes gigantic steps forward. Having these big improvements, it's, it's impossible and it's um, irresponsible to project them. I could come out and say, well, DeJounte Murray is going to be the 27th best player because he's now going to average 20 points. He's going to get eight assists. He'll get a block a game and he'll shoot 50% and 38% from three. 
that takes him to the 27th best player for sure. But what the hell gives me the the right? Not the right. Where's the evidence to say that that's going to happen? In saying all of this, DeJounte was, what, 66th last season? He will get more usage. We feel pretty confident about that. He gets steals highly. He probably gets more assists without DeMar DeRozan there. But taking him at the edge of the end of the second round, start of the third, you're eliminating all value out of that pick whatsoever. It's all value is gone. It, it makes no sense. And this is not because someone you know, said, oh, man, this guy, how can he say that these players are busts? You know, these are all-star guys. You don't know what you're talking about. This is not to say that DeJounte Murray is bad or to say that DeJounte Murray is a bad pick in fantasy. And this is not to say I'm going to avoid this guy, right? This is to say that at 27, you're going to lose value and it's not worth it. It's just pointless. At 57, sure. At 47, no, all right, go for it. At 27, no. Ben Simmons at 30. I don't know what to make of this with Simmons. You, know, you get these reports now that he's just shown up at the building, knocking on the door. Hey, guys, I'm here. Can you let me in? Um, they didn't expect that, the Sixers. Now you've got reports that Doc's saying, oh, yeah, he'll, he'll be ready for opening night. Like, okay, that fine. You've got Woj saying we're not sure if he's ready for opening night. We've got other people, Keith Pompey, saying that Simmons' intent is to show up but not play because he doesn't like getting fined. And I'll say this. I don't see how just turning up but refusing to play doesn't still result in a breach of contract that would enable you to get paid. Like you're not just, uh, well, I'm sitting here, I've got my uniform on, but I refuse to go into a game. That doesn't, surely, surely, maybe, maybe I just don't understand the nuances of contract law. Surely that doesn't enable you to get paid just by being in the city. If they say go play and you say no, Surely that's still a breach of contract, yeah? It, so I, I don't see how that would solve the issue of him getting fines and getting paid just by being there but refusing to play. Regardless, I'm not taking him at 30. At 60, sure. I don't know what's going to happen. It's it looking more and more likely like he is going to play, but I, I don't know that for sure. But at 30, again, you're just killing yourself. Karis Levert has this fracture in his back and he's uh, ranked at 46. No, thank you. Very, very, very much no, thank you. Um, it doesn't appear like he's going to be reading opening night. I don't know how long it's going to be. Three weeks, two weeks, a week. I, I don't know, but I'm definitely not picking him there. 100, no worries. 46, even even at full health, Karis Levert at 46 is too early for me. So that makes no sense. I think Colin Sexton gets undervalued in drafts. I'm not taking him at 49, I know that much. In the 60s, sometimes he's in the 70s. Sure, at 49, it's it's pretty much insanity to be looking at him in that area. But I tell you what isn't sanity, what isn't insanity, and that is thinking that Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever because it clearly is. These are amazing flavors. Raspberry, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, coconut, salted caramel, the best flavors and the best tasting protein bar you can find. But it's not just about the taste. That's a big part of it. But they're also healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs per bar for the healthy and delicious Built Bars. And now they're cheaper. 15% off if you head to built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. LOCKED15 to get yourself delicious box or boxes of Built Bars for that 15% off. So use the code LOCKED15 at built.com. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. All right. 
Look at some more busts here. Jakob Pertl's at 55. I think Jakob's going to have a really, really big season. I think he's going to be much improved. I really like Jakob Pertl as a player, but taking him at 55 feels like you've lost your marbles. He was 105th last season in 27 minutes per night. I think he plays more than that. It's not like the Spurs lost centers, though, did they? It was him and um, Drew Eubanks last season. So while I expect him to have a better year, is he the guy that's taking on DeMar DeRozan's usage? Of course not. Taking him at 80, great. 70, maybe a bit high, but the run on centers happens. 55 is craziness. I don't know why you would do that. Especially when if I have a look there, um, ESPN's got Isaiah Stewart at 76. Like, why would I take Jakob Pertl 20 spots higher? Why would I take Jakob Pertl 17 spots higher than John Collins? Or why would I take Jakob Pertl 26 spots higher than Jaron Jackson? Uh, the answer is you wouldn't, but that's how the rankings currently sit. And then Jalen Suggs. I like Jalen Suggs. He's had a bad preseason. I'm definitely not riding the bloke. Oh, he's a bust, Josh. He's a bust. How dare you think he's going to be good? Okay. Um, I like him. <clears throat> Pick 100. I think he's going to start. It might be rocky early on, as it is for almost every rookie. But Pick 60 is craziness. It, it makes there's no there's no rationale for it. You you cannot justify that. This is not to say that Jalen Suggs is a bust as an NBA player. I love the pick. I would have picked him at four, and I stand by that. I I, I love the pick of getting him at five. I think he's going to be a really good, very good NBA player for a long time. Taking him at sixty in a fantasy draft is crazy. And that's where that rank suggests he goes. It is insane and it makes no sense. And you can't get positive value out of that pick whatsoever. You, you just can't. There's no sense involved in that at all. So, there's a bunch of ESPN busts. But guess what? There's more. Buddy Heald's at 63. Why? Threes are the most replaceable category. Buddy Heald was 80th last season. And I don't expect him to play 34 minutes again. Is he a top 100 player? Maybe barely. He's not getting picked at 63. Robert Covington's going 30 spots after him on their rankings. Jeremy Grant's going after him. Um, who else is going after Buddy Heald? Kelly Olenek. Miles Bridges. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. is going 70 spots lower. Figure it out. Makes no sense. Andy Wiggins at 70. Andy Wiggins at 70. Yeah, he was 90th last season. I just, I don't buy what Wiggins is doing to get him better than that. At 90, at 100, sure. At 70, I just think you're cutting off a lot of value. Now, when we talked yesterday about sleepers on ESPN, the Jonas Valanciunas one made no sense. He is one that makes equally the same amount of sense in that the answer is no sense. Montrez Harrell is ranked 50th. Okay. Why? Last season, he was obviously not that good, right? That wasn't that hard to see coming. He was 127th. He will be the backup again to Daniel Gafford. Probably plays more minutes than Daniel Gafford this season. But Thomas Bryant is going to come back. And it is going to put a strain on where Harold sits. Now, you want to take Harold at 95 and get some good numbers out of him early? At 100? No worries. 
there's an equal chance that Montrez Harrell actually sees some DNPs down the stretch or is traded into a role that doesn't even look as good as this one. Taking him at 50 is crazy. Spencer Dinwiddie at 66. No, pro- no questions about his role whatsoever. He's going to start. He's going to be the point guard. He'll score okay and get a good assist. But we know that that's not what fantasy in category leagues is about. In a points league, I don't. I think he's fine at that spot, and that's why when you're trying, you're putting rankings into draft rooms, and it's not specific to what type of draft you're in. That's where craziness occurs, and that's what this is. And this is what's important to note, right? You do not take Spencer Dinwiddie at 66 in a category league. He doesn't really hit many threes. He doesn't get any steals. He gets no blocks, and he's got below average percentages, and that can all change but I'm not sitting here predicting it and saying, well, okay, well, that'll all change. And then best case, he'll be 66. There's no need for that. It's a bust at that spot. Devontae Graham's looked terrible in the preseason. He's at 88. You would think that he would be the starting point guard for the Pelicans, but there's, I don't think there's any guarantee of that. He's looked bad. He's got terrible field goal percentage. Is he going to get... Look, if there's a situation where he's just that bad and they have to play Alexander Walker and Murphy as the starting backcourt, and Graham plays 27 minutes off the bench. Like This isn't as outrageous as you know, taking Harrell at 50 or Dinwiddie at 66, but Graham at 88 is too high for me. I'm all about Eric Bledsoe as a bounce-back guy. He's going to start for the Clippers. He's going to get an opportunity to be back to being a top 80, top 70 guy that he was two years ago with the Bucks. He's not as bad as the Pelicans' tenure would suggest. But I'm also not taking him in round eight. Round 12, round 13, sure. This is not to preclude Eric Bledsoe being a top 90 player again. It is absolutely possible. It's about what's the point of doing it there when you know the chances of him getting there are probably pretty low. He can, but the chances are low. So it just makes no sense. And then I know people are going to hate this and they're going to oh, you just hated Josh. You know, yesterday, I think it was on the sleeper show, yeah, Scotty Barnes was on my sleeper list. At 101, he's not a sleeper. There will be an opportunity for Barnes early this season. Boucher and Siakam will be out. Birch is coming back from COVID. Barnes will play 30 plus minutes initially. It is really hard to see 32 minutes a night once Siakam is back. Will he even start? He'll probably come off the bench and he might play 24 minutes a night. At 101, you're hoping for Scotty Barnes to A, have no issues with the shooting and scoring and to play 32 minutes a night every night moving forward. And I just I just don't think that that's possible. Now, you might be a massive Scotty Barnes believer, and I think that his passing has been really good and his defense is really good, and I've been impressed by that in preseason. The lack of threes, free throw percentage, scoring is, is all a concern for me when we hit the regular season, plus how that all fits in with the minutes. And that is why, again, you take him at 140, 130, fine, love it. Go ahead, take that flyer, see what happens with Barnsley, especially early on in the season. At 101, you're talking round nine. It's just not, I don't see, unless, you know, Siakam, oh, well, if Siakam and OG get hurt and they're out for the season, then Barnes will play 35 minutes and then he's a top 70 guy. And then, oh, that's a genius pick. Yeah, but that's all bullshit. Like you can't, I don't think you can sit there and make that, Make those random cases. I can make that for anybody to draft a guy there. Yeah, a lot has to change for him to get that pathway of getting those minutes and getting that level of production consistently. 
I just don't see the point of it. 130 pick, no worries. Scotty Barnes, great pick. Love it. Love it. Had it on the sleeper on yesterday. All right, love it. At 101, you're just eliminating so much of that value away from where you get him. And it's not a case where I absolutely have to have Scott Barnes on my roster. I have to have to make sure I come out of the draft with him. And if you're reaching up that high, it's just too high. Anyway, we'll see where Scotty Barnes goes in the mock draft that I'm doing after this show. Got a 16-team head-to-head mock draft. We'll see where he ends up getting drafted in that one. I'm guessing it won't be at 101, but we'll find out. Um, and that'll do it for today's bust show. Leave your comments down below. Tell me how much of a Scotty Barnes hater I am. Shout out to the bloke who comments on every one of my videos and telling me to stop hating on the Warriors, which is one of the most... It's almost as laughable saying that I hate the Raptors, which is just ridiculous. Um, but shout out to that bloke. Um, and follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Leave your comments below. Be ready for the live stream tomorrow. I'm probably going to lose my voice. I'm probably going to get loose. We're probably going to talk a lot of bullshit on that show, but it's going to be super, super fun. So make sure you're joining us over there. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.